0: Welcome to the FSF and Tapestry podcast. This week, Ben and I are joined by Verinda Kaur Johau. Verinda is a primary school teacher with experience across EYFS to Key Stage 2. She has been teaching for six years across the West Midlands and through her Instagram page, she shares with educators and parents and carers about how to support children holistically. Verinda also writes articles, records podcasts, and is involved in training conferences. Today, we're going to be reflecting with Verinda on working with SLT to develop a greater understanding of early years. Verinda, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really lovely to have you with us for this conversation. Thank you for having me. And um, we'll just get started straight away. So the first question is, what challenges can arise for early years educators if their SLT have not had experience of working in early years?
1: I think from my personal experience where I was working in early years and SLT had no experience in early years, but were heavily involved in directing the teaching and the learning, is definitely the understanding. So um, SLT's understanding about the earliest framework, what it entails and, you know, the teacher's workload and how best to work with and support children and gather the evidence um, or to record observations but that understanding then impacts um, their leadership I think so it can be quite ineffective um, which also has a negative impact with communication depending if SLT are quite open to listen to quite open to listening to um, practitioners and maybe letting them take more control of the earlier setting and their role um, then there can be a difference in priorities um, whereas the practitioner or the facilitator might think you know a certain child might need more of this or they're not making this progress in certain areas because of xyz but then with that little or no experience and knowledge and understanding they can't empathise for not only the practitioner but for the child Um, and then I think overall as well as sort of a teacher's well-being we're affecting the child's progress in all all areas of learning and um, the environment and the setting. So I think there can be um, many negative negative impacts. Um, But if SLT are open to listen and to learn, then it can also be very positive.
2: Hmm. I think that, to me, it goes back to a good leader uses the experts. And I think for me that's... You know if you've got a great SLT they recognize that maybe they haven't got the expertise in early years but the early years teacher is the expert in that and they listen to it um, yeah definitely it's having
1: that open communication so mm. sort of acknowledging okay we don't have this experience or this knowledge um, okay if you take the lead and explain to us how it works or what's happening um, and I know every school is different and every SLT member and practitioner is different and they have different working relationships Um so you can have the negative, but also the positive. And mm. unfortunately, I've seen more of the negative. Mm.
0: I was thinking about that, Verinda, when we spoke the other day, and I was in. My, I was. I was trying to put myself in the shoes of a member of SLT who didn't have any early years experience, and that idea of walking into an early years space where children are learning, and you know, um, they're learning through play. Their continued, continuous provision is being accessed and is happening, and you know, and 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 just. Yeah, as you say, if you don't have that understanding, what does that look like, you know, to somebody who doesn't get an early year space, who doesn't have that experience of an early year space? And and can they, you know, how do they recognize that all that learning that's going on all the time in that space?
1: Oh, definitely can be very hard too. Even before I had sort of early years experience and I was working Key Stage 1 and Key Stage 2, then when I came to early years and I, you know, learned more about it and put it into practice, I mean, there were comments where SLT came in and said, Oh, it's very chaotic. Is it always like this? How are they learning? And then it's sort of explained. well, actually, they're learning through this. And again, if that um, SLT member is not willing to listen or they have a very narrow minded or expectation of what learning looks like, regardless of it being EYFS, I don't think. That sort of taking into consideration the age of the child and the areas that we're focusing on, it can look quite chaotic and mm. no learning is taking place. When in fact, there's probably like bounds and bounds of learning and development taking place.
2: Yeah, and yeah. yeah, as you say, it's just looking past the chaos. I think that's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I, to be fair, when I, I mean, I trained secondary, um, but ended up teaching in primary. And I remember when I was asked to go to early years, that was my view. I was like, what is this? And for the first half term, I just didn't get it. And then something clicked inside me. And yeah, it's actually you look beyond that and how you can support the children. But you have to say you have to be willing to open your eyes to see it. it's not it's not just there i was just going to ask though um what key things would you say would be helpful for slt to understand about early years teaching and learning
1: um i think definitely sort of engage in cpd with specialists in that area um whether that's online or i know obviously with covid predominantly it's online now but sort of outsourcing um resources that are effective and you know that cover the different areas of early years because it's not just the moderation and our children reaching the targets and making the progress but okay so what does personal social emotional development look like how can we improve the environment and um, extend outdoor play and um, definitely sort of engaging more cpd and maybe attending it or providing that for the staff um and just mentioning the personal social emotional and those areas not overlooking importance of those areas um, so it's not just gathering the maths and the writing evidence but okay how can we support a child in these areas because overall we know like the 0-5 years are so important that um, if we can sort of tie those areas together there's going to be a positive um, effect across the development of the child as a whole. Um, communicating with staff as well sort of mm. allowing them to express any ideas maybe they want to take forward or any concerns they have something they might want to change um, and just with that communication and CPD and engagement with other professionals I think you can reach sort of balance of um, child and teacher-led activities and you know ensuring that the environment is engaging and just being able to understand what is needed and how you can best support children across the early
2: years. Yeah, and I think um, with the new EYFS framework coming in this year, um, I think there's been so much CPD out there for people to engage with. And I think it's it's such a great opportunity Mm -hmm. for this to be shared with your SLT as well. And it's about them making, you know, everyone's busy, you know, from the top to the bottom everyone is busy in a school or in education wherever you are and it's about making sure that you you have the time to just do this little bit of cpd you know an hour here could be worth hours of improvements and everything else the children and the staff
1: Definitely, I completely agree. And I think just saying that it's also effective CPD. I think we Mm -hmm. think we see something like, oh, that looks amazing. But then like you said, an hour here that can have that sort of, you know, countless hours of impact in the environment and the child's development. Is it something that is going to be um, effective and have a positive impact and, you know, that we can work on and develop?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I was thinking as well about that level of understanding that SLT may or may not have around the importance of partnership with parents in the early years, because it is different to in in key stage schooling because that it's a shame in a way, but it, but it evolves and it changes perhaps that partnership with parents. But, but in early years, it's written into what, what early years is, isn't it? You know, that's the, the key thing. And, and I was just wondering, do you think SLT have enough of an understanding? Not every SLT, but that is that something that's important for SLT to understand?
1: Definitely, as you said, um, Jules, like it's sort of written into the early years, like the, just the overall, the sort of the setting, the framework, and just how, I mean, with the ages of the children, and just, you know, what we do as practitioners in the earlier setting. And again, I can only speak from my experience. Um, I don't think, again, SLT everywhere in each school and setting is different, but sometimes I think that can be overlooked and it might just be that, you know, the hello at the door and um, that goodbye after school and, yeah, they had a great day and X, Y, Z. But, you know, are we providing parents with sort of the information resources as to what we're covering in school and how and how it supports the child? And when I came into early years, I was like, wow, there's, there's just so much. And but... Then I wanted the teachers to know that, so we um the t- parents. So we wanted parents to know that and like how okay their child is developing, and you know it's so it's so it's expressed greatly how naught to five are the paramount years in a child's um development and their you know initial stages in life. But I feel as if sometimes as a school, you know, we don't express that with parents, and we don't share what PSED is or EAD. You know, we throw these um acronyms around and then it's like well how do we know that and then phonics. so look at blending and this and that but how can we sort of support parents um and develop that communication and engagement especially in EYFS if we can't facilitate it so you know if do we have like resource packs that we can send out do we have those um we have sort of induction days uh, with you know the children will bring them in but do we have something available for parents like before before nurse or reception where they come in we explain everything you know not even in great deal just like sort of briefly it could be an hour and um you know there could be something available online or do we have are we accessible and approachable for parents
2: mm-hmm. sorry i was just going to say I, thing. Thing. I
1: think slt really do direct that
2: yeah and i think yeah. it, what you're just saying there just like the opportunities for parents to come and see play as well make sure that play as well because it's such an important part of a child's development and seeing it in practice actually in the classroom or in this setting that can make all the difference for the parents as well so yeah i think that's exactly right it's just getting getting those little things those little gems for them
0: definitely Um, we've touched on child development just there and i just wonder how would a better understanding of child development itself by those in school leadership roles really benefit teaching and learning
1: for staff and children in early years classrooms again with the understanding i think there'd be more understanding and sort of the practitioners or the facilitators and education um, educators and slt they'd be able to like effectively you know, put that understanding into play, I guess, um, and to teach and support and, you know, work and play and communicate with, you know, each other, colleagues, parents, carers, but also ultimately with the children, um, you know, they can see how they can support and understand, you know, a child's development. um, And then I think, activities i think like what you said ben um play how you know that supports their development and that ticks off so many different targets across writing across ead moving and handling they can understand how something that might look like chaos is actually developing all these areas so even if they are rolling around on the floor and that's building their core strength which ultimately will improve their handwriting and their pencil grip so we, we're not aware of things like that. So I think definitely opening up to um, more understanding CPDs going to build like more effective um, teaching and learning, not only for colleagues, but for the children as well.
2: Mm. That, that was one, sorry, Jules, i just jump in. It's like something I learned recently myself was about tummy time for babies mm. and how it improves or helps develop their um, reading skills by having them on their tummy because they're scanning sort of left to right and across the horizon, which gets them ready for when they start reading text. So again, yeah, it's just all those little things. They all come together in the end. Definitely.
0: No, I was just going to say, Ben, it's really interesting that Verinda mentioned, mentioned like the things that lead into other things. And and you mentioned writing because we've just been talking about writing, haven't we, in terms of developmentally, particularly if you think about starting at the beginning of reception and what, um, you know, what, what, Reception teachers might be feeling perhaps under pressure to get children to do, you know, through that year, and especially at the beginning. And writing is often one that can crop up. And yet, if you think about Ben and I happened to be talking the other day about all the different things that lead into writing, just like Ben saying that tummy time leads in, so eventually leads into supporting reading and scanning. So you know, with writing, obviously you've got the fine motor movements and the gross motor movements of physical development, which is one of the prime areas, you know. And you've got you've got your communication and language part primaries as well because obviously if they haven't got the words in their heads then they've got they, they've got nothing to write on their piece of paper or, or whatever that wherever they're doing their writing so it's so important isn't it that as we've just all been saying that those those things all lead in and and you've really got to just this is what we were saying wasn't it Ben look at we to look at where the child is at at the beginning of that year and and as you said Verinda you know SLT being able to have an understanding of that can really free SLT up as well. Oh, definitely, yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah, not fixating on percentages and stuff like this. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, as as a practitioner, um, what could they do to communicate with their SLT about the unique kind of learning that happens in early years? Is there anything or anyone that you've seen as a resource to help or anything like that?
1: Um, I think I've, during COVID and the lockdown period, I've accessed so much CPD online um, that I have not accessed in the past six years of teaching across all age groups. Um, I think with early years, especially obviously yourselves and um, EYFS for me, um, mm-hmm. Kerry and the Black Nurse to manage those two, I always sign up to whatever they deliver because it's been so effective but not only for early years because that understanding i then take to when i teach key stage one and key stage two because i can see sort of where there's that lack of um you know the social skills and whatever have you because if we're not targeting those in early years we can see how it impacts the child throughout their setting so definitely um those instagram pages or the webinars they deliver online um, the articles as well that yourselves provide um, it's sort of i think you have to sort of spend the time to research and you know share as well sort of if we're accessing something like let's share it with other practitioners um, honestly the notes i've written down so many reams of notes from kerry and liz it's just it's amazing and you know that could even be the anti-racism work that liz delivers But then we can see how we can improve the role play area in the nursery setting or reception setting. Um, The work I've learned from Kerry about sort of the SEN, I can, you know, I'm using that to even if a child's not diagnosed with SEN, like I can still use some of the techniques she shared. And I, you know, even when I speak to colleagues from different schools and some of my friends who teach in different year groups um i share the events and i said okay learned this on cpd and it's sort of they can pass it on to others but i think definitely spending time to research research and um, outsourcing like you know um the cpd that's available and i know sometimes it's the funding so even if the school aren't providing it maybe um you sometimes have to do pay for it yourself but there's also so much available that's free um articles and webinars and conferences and I've signed up to the one that you're delivering soon with Jamal as well yeah Yeah. I think
0: those conversations are so important aren't they having conversations and I loved what you just said about then sharing it with colleagues maybe in in um older age groups teaching older age groups within the school as well because obviously you know they may have children in their class who could really benefit from accessing some early years knowledge um and experience as well i think that those kinds of conversations are so important
2: Mm. and also other sort of colleagues in other settings as well because i think just hearing from other people who aren't in your setting who might just have slightly different experiences maybe different slts or management and stuff like that it can really help open your eyes into different ways to do things as well
1: definitely saying that i remember when i was inception we had cluster moderation so sort of when some of the neighboring schools get together mm-hmm. and that was the first year i was in early years And, you know, I was invited to go to the other schools, but what I did, and it was sort of, sometimes it's stepping out of your comfort zone, but I asked the other teachers from that school, I said, can I take your email and can we, like, share ideas and work together? And then they came to see our setting. And it's sort of, like I said, building those relationships. So it might not be CPD online, but, you know, connecting with neighbouring schools and colleagues and, you know, approaching each other and sort of sometimes it is stepping out of your comfort zone. And even if you're the one that's being approached, but then also supporting that person as well as much as you possibly can yeah so true um we've got
0: in September the introduction of the new EYFS framework um, and new guidance and documents as well and we're seeing within all of that a move away from a data-centric approach towards um a sort of a more child centered assessment approach and I just wondered what can SLT do to understand this shift and support their early year staff as they adopt any changes?
1: I think the key thing is conversation you know sometimes we don't have we don't just have conversations do you, like SLT and teachers okay so there's this new framework what's your understanding of it or how do you think we need to improve or what what will change in the setting um, asking questions and just communicating and like we said, maybe seeking guidance. So again, that could be through a neighbouring school or cluster schools. Um and research again could be research, so search in early years organizations. Um there's been quite a few webinars and conversations and podcasts about the new framework. Um, and then just sort of working together. Um, you know sometimes it doesn't always have to be formal like we can have those informal conversations and informally like walk around the setting so it's not an observation and it's not you know we're not assessing how you're teaching but like right can we move this or will this support this and you know what do we need to get Um, sort of just informally conversing with each other about the changes sharing what each other would understand and working together going forward I think Mm.
2: Yeah, and I think as well, like I said before, stepping away from the spreadsheets and the percentages and everything like that and understanding the children in the setting in your school. Um, definitely.
1: I wish this podcast and, um, you know, everything else was sort of available when I was in early years <laughs> with SLT because I definitely would have shared it and I think it would have had a positive impact. Um <laughs> it is yeah it's yeah. such
2: a shame yeah i mean but it goes back to you've got to have that slt who are prepared to listen
1: oh yeah
2: because exactly. you can send them everything available but if they don't open any of it or aren't engaging in any of it then you know you're wasting which your happens time. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly yeah
0: i love that idea of informal conversations as well Verinda. so it doesn't have to be a meeting you know it can just be almost in passing, inviting um, into the space, into the classroom, into the earlier setting. You know, I I love that idea of it being more spontaneous almost, you know, Mm -hmm. as as well as having the more formal conversations. It's a really really good point.
2: But that also helps the children get to know the the SLT Mm -hmm. as well. And again, as the children move through your school, that can only be of a, a benefit, you know, because you've got that connection with the children already. If you're just someone who they only see maybe once a week in an assembly or once a term or something like that then they're very detached from you Uh, you
1: know saying that ben as well i think sometimes with early years um you know the children can see slt as with like a negative connotation like Mm. if you know there's some someone's misbehaving or they're in trouble but you know even having slt maybe having the head teacher the deputy head like you know, once every other week, just coming in to read a story, sort of having that engagement mm. with the child because you don't always get to see that. Um, you know, little like tea teapots all coming out just to play for like five minutes. It's just it would make like the world a difference. Yeah. yeah. I was
2: just wondering if we could just end really on your thoughts on the role of early years in the, in the whole school, um, whether a school has reception or nursery and reception. And what are the key things that early years brings to the school community?
1: I think early years, I really, really love my time in early years. And I think um, it's the experience that every practitioner, every educator, you know, should definitely try to have. I think I learned so much. Um, I can't even express it. you know the development of a child not just looking at their reading and the writing and learning but like how they understand how they communicate and um, how they develop emotionally like regulating their emotions um, you know how they form friendships it's sort of it's the heart isn't it because early years mm-hmm. is is the focal point is the um development you know those initial years are the you know the we say the paramount years or the most important stages of a child so early years is sort of the core of the setting, of a school setting. Um, and it's sort of, you know, where the child is that first point of contact with um, a teacher. So if that's your nursery or your reception class, but then it's also the parent's first point of call with the school um, staff and, you know, sending their child into this, you know, <laughs> could be considered a and, yeah scary <laughs> environment. Um, I think it's just it's very, very it's very important. We need to, you know, understand the early years setting, um, you know, how a child develops, know the stages, the framework, um, know who the teachers are, understand the children as well, um, build that sort of relationship with the parents because then that's sort of the first impression off the school as well. Because it's not necessarily separate. Um, I mean, I know you have some settings that are separate schools, but if it's a school setting, it's um it's that first impression, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Of the school, of the staff, um, of what's expected. But I think it needs to be consistent, like throughout the key stages. And as soon as a child goes into key stage one, from my experience, um, and that's not, whether that's the years of not being in early years, there's no communication with earlier staff, And, you know, from even to year one, it's like sort of the shut off, mm-hmm. like reception to year one, it's like a big jump, but I think we need to understand how early years works and sort of implement some of that, and which we can, those areas, even you can throughout years, Key um, Stage 1 to Year 6. Um, it's so important, and it's definitely, I think, the foundation, the core. Mm. That's
0: making me think of the... Um... One of my favourite bits of the of the um, of development matters is is the um, characteristics of effective learning and those learning dispositions and that thing that you said about going all the way through the school, you know, and how how um, wouldn't it be great if the characteristics of effective learning could be in every every class in every year group, you know, could be part of the curriculum in every year group because those those learning behaviours and learning dispositions that you learn uh, in early years are relevant
1: they're
0: relevant when you're an adult
1: aren't they i mean of you course. know so important they're so essential but i think we overlook it because we consider that just to be okay now they're in year 1 now it's formal whereas we consider earlier to be quite informal there's a there's sort of a negative connotation like i've seen across them um, the different schools i've been in um but when i worked in early years honestly that experience just changed my whole sort of teaching career perspective how I then engage with children with parents and stuff so it's honestly it's it's amazing so hats off to all the early years stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think that's the perfect place to finish yeah. <laughs> with hats perfect. off to all the early years staff that's brilliant thank you so much Verinda. it's been really interesting having that conversation with thank you, you and yeah. listening to, to what you thank think about you. how we can how we can all work together To improve outcomes for our children and experiences for our children and families. It's really important. So, thank you. Definitely
1: appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you.